Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of the Total Sports Live podcast here on Block Talk Radio, and we're also on TuneIn Radio. Like I always say, make sure you check us out on blogtalkradio.com backslash Total Sports Live for any podcast that you have missed or any of our NFL draft prospects podcasts that we're starting up and doing right now. Also, like I say, you can check them out on demand as well on the TuneIn Radio app. So all you got to do on your smartphone, your Apple or Android device, go into the Play Store, download the TuneIn Radio app, follow us, follow us on there, the TSL Podcast. Give us a follow. We appreciate it. You'll be able to catch all our prospect interviews that we have done so far, from Jamel Major of Oklahoma Panhandle State University to Kyle Washington of Angelo State University. But today, we're hitting up another draft prospect. This time, we're going to the state of Illinois. We're going to Illinois, folks, and joining me on the podcast is none other than 2016 NFL Draft prospect, defensive lineman Austin Blair from Eureka College, the home of the Red Devils, joining me here on the Total Sports Live podcast. Austin, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Uh, no no problem. Definitely happy to have you on. We've been connected since this summer. Watched your film from your junior year, progressed senior year, and it's definitely paid off. As we're going to be talking about your career, yeah, the, we're going to be talking about your career. We're going to be talking about your skills. We're also going to be talking about some playing in all star games. We're playing in the Dream Bowl, so we're definitely going to be talking about that. But before we get underway, just give a quick introduction to yourself about yourself and your and your uh and your career at Eureka, at Eureka College. A lot of people, since because this show is based in Philadelphia, a lot of people don't know where you know about you and where your school is at. So just give the uh, listeners a quick introduction about yourself. Um, like you said, my name is Austin Blair. Uh, I graduate in May uh, from Eureka College. So far in my time here at Eureka, uh, I've been successfully a part of two 500 or better teams here at Eureka. That's probably the best since the 1990s. Uh, that is the best since the 1990s. Um, my class has been a part of a group that has turned the program around. Um, my sophomore year, we were 8-2. and two. Uh, That's a Hall of Fame team here at Eureka College. We finished 3-3 um, for the conference that year. I uh, ended up two touchdowns away from winning conference, actually. So um, as far as sophomore year goes, we had a great year. Uh, junior year, we had a setback. Graduated a lot of seniors after my sophomore year. Ended up going 2-8. Uh, obviously not what we would like to have. And then my senior year, we uh, bounced back to 5-5. Five and five. We had uh, a lot of struggles on the offensive end, uh, primarily a quarterback. We went through four different quarterbacks this year. Um, for a defensive player, that's kind of stressful, uh, especially when you hold three or four teams to 200 or under yards and you still lose one of those games. That's uh, mm-hmm. very stressful. So 
Uh, five and five um, was our record this year. We were three possessions away from being eight and two. So uh, we started out two and zero this year. Third game of the season, we lost by one touchdown to the conference champs at home um, on a last second post route. Um, obviously, things could be changed a little bit uh, once we rearranged our defense. After we went on a little spur of losing some games, we went back on a three-game win streak and lost last game of the year um, at the second-place team, uh, Northwestern, up in Minnesota, um, by 11, 31-20. Uh, the first play of the game, our offense threw a pick six, so that's uh, kind of hurt you, obviously, a little bit as far as morale goes. But we rallied back, had a great um, rest of the three quarters, and we played with the uh, top two teams in the conference, and I think this group is pretty close to breaking through. Obviously, uh, Yurik is going to lose some pieces, but so far as career-wise, for me here at Yurik College, um, I would say it's been a great career so far, and I think that I've been able to accomplish quite a bit here as an individual and as a team. So, No, you're definitely right about that. You guys, like you said, have accomplished a lot. Like you said, 2013, fantastic season. Then 2014, it was a a struggle, 2014, 2-8. But then this season, you guys come back, turn it around, finish off 5-5, winning three out of your four last games of the regular season. So you just talked about about the season really good and really in-depth, really appreciate it. Um, what were the goals that you and your team had individually coming to the season? Like, first, let's just talk about the goals that you guys had as a team going into this season. Because, like you said, 2000 last season, you know, two and eight after coming off of a eight and two year before that, you come you now you're trying to come off of a two and eight year. What was the goal that you guys had a team as a team, and then what was the goal that you had individually? Because you put up some pretty uh, monster stats in uh, 2014: 62 total tackles three tackles for loss of pass deflection and a sack. So just talk about your team goals and any individual goals you have for this season. Um, as a team, uh, our goal is to win conference every year, obviously. Um, the Last year I thought we for sure had a chance. Um, my senior year, when you were 2-0 and and you handily beat the first team that you played and you basically hammered the second team that you played and you got the conference champs coming in who were 1-1, to your house, uh, it was a packed stadium. You know, we thought we had a really good shot at that, and like I said, we lost on a last-second touchdown. That's, you know, we're right there with everybody that we mm-hmm. need to be with. Uh, as a team, we thought conference championship was a good goal. We, um, our first game, we opened up with Knox. We played for a traveling trophy. Uh, my junior year, we lost that. We wanted to get that back. We successfully did that. We beat them 32 to 21, and that was a game that I really felt that I needed to come out and assert myself a little bit. Last year I had 15 total tackles in that game and a sack and two tackles for loss um, to start the game out with last year as a junior. This year I thought I needed to come out again and just assert myself and kind of, you know, make myself dominant up front and make everybody demand double teams from me so that way it could free up a lot of our linebackers play and a lot of our uh, other D linemen to go make plays. So um, individually-wise, I feel that – After coming off an injury, I didn't even finish the last two games of the season last year after breaking my leg as a junior. So some of those stats could have been a little different if I had uh, been able to play the last two games, I think. But um, my biggest goal was to come back and be effective. Um, I didn't know what kind of uh, shape I'd be in after injuring my leg. Um, I actually had a 
couple fractures in my leg, and I didn't know if I'd actually be able to play or not as a senior. So my biggest goal was honestly just to come back and play. Um, mm-hmm. The senior that I had was phenomenal for what had happened to me and the fact that I really only got about the summer, three months of off-season training, really, before I actually uh, got to play. And that was kind of a um, little bit insane at the same time as uh, – <laughs> the fact that, you know, you obviously want a full off season to be ready to go into your senior year, and I didn't really get one. Um, I had to watch our uh, guys develop a little bit without being able to be more interactive in the weight room than what I was, obviously, because I was in a boot and on a scooter and not able to uh, lift and do all sorts of different things. So, uh, No, what you know, you know, you definitely, like you said, for you, like you said, you didn't know if you were, you were, you had a broken leg that, you know, the season before, and then you come in this season, you're just trying to get back on the field. So for you to, you know, only have about three months of off season to get back to play at two level, as you did, is just is just ridiculous. Almost that's just that's just that's just ridiculous to hear that that you you came back so fast like this. And when we look at your game, like you said, uh, you had 44 total tackles, nine nine and a half tackles for loss this season, five sacks, one forced fumble. So your total tackles went down, but your tackles for loss and sacks went up tremendously from last year. Like I said, last year you had the broken had the broken leg, but this year they went up tremendously. What worked for you this year? Because as I watched your your senior year uh, film, it just seemed like, like and, and the same thing for your junior year film, you just always came off the ball quick. Uh, you're strong, physical, uh, you got a high motor. So just talk about what worked for you this season. Because you kind of you're a defensive lineman, you can play defensive tackle and defensive end. So what works? What worked for you this year? Um, a lot, like I've said before, um, I've always said that I have a high motor and something that that separates me from a lot of people. And the fact that mental preparation, um, we talk about it all the time here at Eureka, is preparing yourself before the game. I think um, obviously scouting comes into play, but I take that into a whole other level. I watch ridiculous amounts of film on people. And that's something I think that I did a little bit better this year. And the fact that I lost some weight from my uh, junior year to my senior year. And I mm-hmm. honestly got And that's something that made a huge difference for me. I honestly was about 285 pounds as a junior. And this year I played at about 265, 270. Just that 15 pounds made a huge difference. It got me off the ball a little bit quicker. It made me a step faster. Um, I demanded a lot of double teams this year. And I think that's something that honestly was – a lot better just for the fact that it made me work a little bit harder on those double teams because I knew it's going to be more beneficial if I can fight through a double team and make a play for a tackle for loss. And then even if I make a play for a stop at one yards, you know, there's still two people blocking me and there's somebody that's going to be three in our front seven, front six, you know, we're, you know, it's all a numbers game. So if the nose guard D tackle DN can take two people, Hey, you're already up ahead than what the offense already has on that one side. So it's all a numbers game to me. And I think the uh, the high motor is something that definitely separates myself from other people. I mean, obviously I'm a little undersized to play D tackle, uh, a little bit too big to a little bit too big and maybe a little step too slow to play in. But I think the combination that I have of speed on the inside and the power I have on the outside is what separates me a little bit. So. No, you're definitely right about that, like you said. And that, and that thing I saw that a lot, of, like the, your presence just on the field and teams known on the scouting board, like, hey, we got a double team, this dude. And, you know, like you said, able to fight through those double teams and get that tackle for loss or, 
you see it, they try to throw it out to the running back, and you're just like, okay, it's time for me to get off of the double team and go after the running back that's just catching the ball. And like you said, when you when you have a double team on you, it allows you, you know, like you said, to work harder to to get to get passive offensive line, but it also opens up things for, like you said, the, for your other the other guys on the defense, especially your linebackers, because I know that has to definitely help them when you get a double team and they and if it's a blitz, they just they can just fly right through and make a play. Yeah, especially with our Mike linebacker we have. He was um he was a transfer as well as I and uh he was a great linebacker this year. He ended up having twelve and a half tackles for loss. I mean, we opened up a lot of things for each other. A lot of people had to block him at the second level, so if you didn't double team me, then I'm gonna be one on one and I'll take that I'll take that chance nine times out of ten in all honesty, so Definitely. We're here on the TSL pop the Total Sports Live podcast. Here with 2016 NFL Draft prospect defensive lineman Austin Blair out of Eureka College. So, Austin, let's talk about your game. Who do you try to model your game after as a defensive lineman? Because, like you said, you, you know, you, you, you say you know, you're too small to be, you know, the prototypical defensive the defensive tackle. You, you know, not might not have the, the, the top notch speed as a defensive end. So, who do you try to model your game after? Um. I wear number 93, Dwight Freeney, obviously. He's one of my favorite players. I wouldn't say I model after him, obviously, because, well, Dwight Freeney has probably one of the best pass rush moves, and he's obviously a very quick defense. And uh, I would say uh, somebody that's a little undersized, I would say, is Aaron Donald from the St. Louis Rams. Um, Aaron Donald's only about 6'1", about 285 pounds, but he's a solid 285. And I think that was the biggest thing for me was becoming solid at 265. You know, obviously now I can start to build a little bit, make myself a little bit more um, heavier and increase my strength and hopefully increase my speed as well. So that's something I've been really focusing on lately. But uh, I would say Aaron Aaron Donald would probably be the guy I modeled my game after a little bit. He gets after it. He's got a high motor, and that's something that, you know, I take pride in. I think that he also takes pride in. Coming out of Pittsburgh, he had some unreal numbers his senior year, um, a lot higher numbers than what I had, but um, just like I said, he has a motor that's ridiculous out of this world, and that's something I just love to see from people is how hard they can go every other every play, you know, not just every other play. So that's something that's very, uh, very, very uh, cool to see, and that's something I really think that I try to model myself after. So. No, you're definitely right. You can't go wrong with uh, number 93. First of all, the right free, who's he's a he's an all pro, possibly Hall of Famer, still getting it done with Arizona Cardinals this season as a as a pass rushing specialist. And then, like you said, you can't go wrong modeling a game after you know one of you know one of the toughest players on one of the ferocious defensive lines that we've seen in the NFC West in the St. Louis Rams on Aaron Donald, like you said. He has a high motor. You have a high motor. Donald's very physical. You're very physical. So definitely the same uh, traits are there when you compare your game to his game. So definitely two great guys to compare your game to and model after. So also when we continue to look at your skills, what would you say is that strength that you? What is? What do you say is what's your strength in that and your in that weakness that you say you know. This might be a weakness right now, but if I continue to keep on working at it, it's going to become a strength. Um, I would say one of my weaknesses is obviously uh, speed, just straight-ahead speed, obviously. It seems like uh, kind of a little intuitive. I mean, I have great 
jump off the ball, but at the same time, I just lack a little. I might be a step slower than most ends, like I said. Um, but for a defensive tackle, obviously, um, a weakness would be the fact that I'm undersized. Um, 6'1", 6'2", 265 is not prototypical defensive lineman everywhere. I mean, unless you're generally a three front end, then that's kind of a little different. But 4'3", um, mm-hmm. you're obviously going to be undersized as a three technique. Um, you're going to be probably a step slow for a five technique. But I think those are undersized. That's not an issue to me. Um, I've always been told I've been pretty tiny. I've not been the biggest guy on the field, even at 6'2", 265. So and that's fine. I'm I'm not going to let anybody affect me. I mean, you can be 6'6", six, 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 315 pounds, an all-pro defensive or an offensive lineman, and I'm going to do everything I got. I mean, I'm not going to back down from anybody. So, I don't think that's the issue. I, one of the issues, though, is my speed. Um, that's something that I've been working on a lot here with our strength and conditioning coordinator, and he's done an excellent job at getting a lot of our guys um, increasing their speed, increasing their lifts, increasing their strengths, and all sorts of things like that. So I think that's something that I really need to focus on is uh, speed, not just straight ahead, but laterally as well. So. No, definitely. Like you said, it doesn't matter if you're going against the offensive lineman at six foot six. You can if you can blow past him, you can blow past him. You can push him past you. Do ever what you can. So definitely got to respect that. And you know, speed, like you said, speed comes and goes for a lot of guys. And you know, like you said, you just keep on working on getting better. To drop a couple attempts off of that forty times. So definitely nothing wrong with that. Uh, when we look at at, at at your career, Eureka, and especially playing in the UMAC, for everybody that doesn't know, the Upper Midwest Athletic Conference, uh, who is the toughest team and toughest player that you faced over your career? Like, what is that one team that just always gave you guys fits? When was that one player for you on the other side of the ball that was just like, you know, he was a very tough player that I just couldn't get past him? Um, I would say, obviously, St. Scholastica is the team to beat in the UMAC um, I would say my sophomore year was probably the biggest uh, challenge I had as a defensive lineman. I was going against um, one of their offensive linemen they had. He was about 6'4", 6'5", and he was a little bit under 300, about 295, 290 pounds. Um, He was a unanimous uh, all-conference offensive lineman, and he won the lineman award for the conference that year. I can't even remember the young man's name. I remember he wore number 69. And um, just the fact that he had great pass sets, uh, the way his feet were. You couldn't get a great read off his feet whenever he was run blocking. You couldn't even get a great read off his feet when he was reach blocking and everything like that. He does a he did a great job at disguising everything that he did. And, you know, that's something as a defensive lineman that reads feet and then reads the backfield, you know, that's something that's tough because, you know, you want to get your first keys down and you want to be able to understand what's going on from the get-go. But when somebody across from you is – manipulating you and also has just great, you know, great steps, great breeds and everything on you. That's something that's tough that you have to counter with. And as a sophomore, that was a little bit overwhelming for me um, as a starter. But by that time, it was the eighth game of the season. And, you know, I was, you know, a little bit slower than him. And that was that was tough. And that was something that definitely challenged me. And that was something I really enjoyed. I still played great that game. And, I mean, I still – think that I, even though the young man could single block me, but I still think that that was huge to keep him off of our linebackers and keep him from getting to the next level. So, No, you're right about that, especially because, like you said, as a sophomore, to have that type of challenge to go against a guy who was all-conference, 
you know, for you, it was a challenge for you. And, you know, like you said, for, eh, you were able to do what you can to make sure he does not reach the second level. Because once he reaches the second level, it's kind of like game over because he, he's going to try to start knocking guys around and getting the running back further. For for you to have that challenge, it, like you said, it definitely helped you going forward in your career as you got to a junior and senior, as you, you know, met, probably had played other offensive linemen that were his built. So it definitely helped you over your next couple of years at Eureka. Oh, definitely. I would definitely say that that challenge forced me to – it made me want to get a little bit better, too, just for the fact that I'm not one to want to be the worst player or, or even be the on the field, obviously. I just want to be the best player on the field at all times. So, you know, for somebody to be better than me, it just challenges me to want to work harder. And that's something that was good for me. And I think that was something that was huge going into my offseason, my sophomore year, it forced me to work a lot harder and to really tone my body and to get better and actually, you know, do things a lot more the correct way than what I was doing them. So that's something that, you know, everybody needs. And that was a wake-up call that I got. And, you know, that even though it was the eighth game of the season, you know, I still – I I realized, hey, he is a great football player, and if I want to be a great football player, i got to work that much harder. So that was something that definitely helped propel me to get where I am today. No, you're right about that. You have definitely became a great football player. As we're about to talk about you playing in a Dream Bowl, but before we talk about you playing in a Dream Bowl, um, for, for those who don't follow, you know, you're from your play decent football, you play in the – you know, you play in you play in a, you play in UMAC. Um, does how does it feel when you know you're going to be labeled as the small as the guy from the small school? You know, the guy from Eureka College in Illinois. He's played in the UMAC. How does that having that label of a small? How, how does it make you feel when you get labeled as a small school player? Does it give you that extra motivation just to keep on going? Because it's just like. You know, you're going to be up against so many, you know, battles because you're just trying to prove to people that you can play with guys that play in the FCS in the Division One. Uh, be honest with you, I love it. Um, nobody, uh, nobody really doesn't like an underdog story. So, I mean, why not? I mean, I, I'll accept that rule. That's fine. <laughs> right. I'm going to be perfectly fine with that rule, you know. Um, people can stick whatever labels they want on you. It's all about how you react and how you hold yourself. So um, my dad always told me, you know, life is 10% of what happens and 90% of how you react. So congratulations. I'm from a small school. I still think I can hang with the best of them, and I'm going to do what I can do. So, and, you know, and if at the end of the day, I'm going to give you everything I got, and if you have a little bit better than me, then guess what? I'm going to go back and work until I'm better than you. So. That's something that you won't find in a lot of people nowadays. They think everything should just be handed to them. I I don't agree with that. You know, I want to. If what I get is what I want to earn, so and that's something that uh, I've been raised and you know coming from a small high school as well. You know, I've always been labeled as a small. Like I said before, people have always said I'm a little undersized. I'm a little tiny for what I do, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. You know, uh, size right. to me doesn't matter. Right. No, you're definitely you're right about that. You you you've continued to over your career prove the people wrong and and what your you know what your dad said is totally true. I think I think I should, I think I'm going to tell somebody that today that might need to hear that uh, saying. You know that was a pretty good saying that we need to tell people. Um, a couple more questions before we end. 
how does it feel to be to knowing that you'll be playing in the Dream Bowl with a lot with so many talented guys next month, and also playing with your teammate Jordan Blair? No relation, by the way, for anybody that might say, "Oh, they're related." <laughs> no relation, but how does it feel to be playing in the Dream Bowl uh, with your teammate and having that experience to play with the top talent from the FCS, D two, D three, NAIA? Well, first off, to talk a little bit about Jordan. Um, that's he's basically like my brother. I know we're not related, but uh we got a nice little <laughs> car out we're gonna take out to Virginia together and uh we keep talking about it and how we're gonna have so much fun and all honesty it's gonna be fifteen hours that we just drink a lot of coffee and just get through it and, you know, get to Cincinnati and stay with a teammate of ours and go from there back to the Dream Bowl. But as as long, as far as the Dream Bowl goes, you know, I'm excited for it, you know. This is an opportunity of a lifetime that most people don't get, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take that in full, and I'm gonna enjoy this opportunity. And there's there's nothing that can go wrong, honestly, for me. You know, worst comes worst, I go out there and I have three sacks and I make everybody look stupid, and that's great for me. You know, and you know, <laughs> right. congratulations, I still get to go and I get to play with the best of the best, and that's something that you know everybody else wasn't able to do. You know, there's. As far as I'm concerned, there's only a couple other Division three guys going to this game, so that's awesome. You know, I'm one of a few Division three guys that get to represent their school, represent their families, you know, represent where they're from, represent Illinois, and you know that's that's cool. I I'm I'm totally grateful for that opportunity, and I'm blessed to have the opportunities uh, that I have, and I really want to thank God for all that opportunities. I'll, I'll point up every day for the fact that you know I have those opportunities and. I'll always be blessed with a wonderful family, friends, and beautiful girlfriend. Of course, you know, is always here for me, and that's something that you just you can't find every day. So it's always best to be blessed and to always thank God and use the stage that I have to do that. So. No, you're right about that. I, yeah, you're right. It always is best to be blessed. Definitely, I definitely uh, gotta gotta agree with you on that point too. So it's definitely gonna be a fun, exciting time for you and your teammate as you make the as you make the journey, the fifteen hour journey to Virginia Beach. Like you said, there'll be a lot of coffee, a lot of seven eleven runs. It's definitely gonna oh, be taking place to get some coffee. Oh yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to every second of it and he thinks I'm not gonna enjoy it, but I, I definitely will because, you know, he's like I said, he's a brother of mine and he's somebody I'd bend over backwards for and, you know, that's something that's huge about our football team here at Eureka and that would be something that, you know, I preach to everybody that I talk to as far as recruiting, you know. We're a family, you know. We're we're close enough. I could take any of my teammates to Virginia with me, and they might not have to play in it. But, you know, I'd be able to sit in the car ride for 15 hours with any of my teammates, and a lot of people, they can't say so. No, you're right about that, right about that. Football is family. The last two questions here on the podcast, we got three minutes trying to wrap this up here. Uh, what is your motivation when it comes to the game of football? What is what what keeps you going as you go through training, and what's going to, and keeps you going through you know through this season, through your career, and as you head on to a pro career and playing in the Dream Bowl? What is that What is that motivation that keeps you going every day? I would say it's the people that said I couldn't do it. You know, it's mm-hmm. the people that said, you know, you're not good enough to play college football when I was in high school. Well. You know what? Here I am. Here I did that. You know? I was the first team all conference player in college. I wasn't even all conference in high school. You know, that's that's to be spoken upon itself right there. The fact I got to college and then I developed from there. And then it's 
fact that people say, you know, you're too small to do anything. You're just a Division three student-athlete, you know. Or what? Mm-hmm. The players the best from SCS, D2, and NAI, and D3. So, you know, I'm there. So now it's just to keep proving people wrong, you know. That's all it's ever been is to prove people wrong and enjoy my life and to have fun with it because, you know, like I said earlier, it's 10% of what happens and 90% of how we react. No, you're right about that, and I'm right about that. And last question, if I were an NFL GM or if it's an NFL GM, a CFL, AFL, IFL GM listening to this podcast, what what would you tell them or to me and say, why should we draft you or have you on our team? Um, I would say that you're not going to find anybody to represent your organization or yourself in a much better way, you know. Um I'm always going to give I'm always going to give credit to those that deserve credit and I'm always going to represent myself in the best way because and ultimately when it comes down to everything in the end it's all about how you hold yourself and how you uh how you react and how everything happens in life, you know. I'm always going to work hard. That's just how it was built into me. That's how my parents, you know, raised me. To work hard, be respectful and to carry yourself with big shoulders and to always keep your head up and always walk tall, you know. That's something that a lot of people don't have nowadays, and especially as a student athlete. I have a great opportunity to not only, you know, influence a lot of people, but, you know, at the same time, change a lot of people. So, you know, that's something that you really should take into consideration because, you know, uh, with my table that I have now, I can change a lot of people's lives, and that's something that definitely needs to be considered and thought about and definitely took a lot of time and consideration to think about that and I definitely want to be able to help and do that. So I think that's something that you won't find in very many people is somebody that cares about others and wants to represent your organization in the best way that they can. No, that was that was just a fantastic response. I think anybody that's out there listening can definitely take a lot from today's podcast, take a lot from that response and take a lot from you as a student athlete, and, you know, we're definitely, I'm definitely excited to see you in the Dream Bowl, man. You definitely deserved it. You earned it. Um, That's pretty much everything I got for you on today's show. Do you have any last uh, final words before we end off? Uh, No, I just want to thank you, and I want to thank everybody that's listening. I just want to thank, uh, thank God for all the opportunities that I have. Definitely. And that's going to wrap up the Total Sports Live podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. I'd like to thank everybody again for tuning in. For me and Austin, everybody have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys very soon. Everybody have a good day.